You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that doesn't like scary movies, mostly so we can hang up on Ghostface quickly, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Pictures get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's getting his Don King on, minus the everything. It's Andrew Ormsby, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I was about to say, ahoy! <laughs> uh, each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. How you doing, Mr. Ormsby? Oh, good. I'm, I'm not Don King. I haven't murdered a couple people, you know. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. I, we, I didn't want to get into all that necessarily, but uh, but it is true. There are many ways in which you are not Don King. That is yeah. that is a fact. Uh, Only sure. in America. Only in America, <laughs> in America. indeed. Uh, we've got an exciting show. We're not going to uh, dilly-dally too long before getting into it. I do want to say, however... Still coming yes. down from a little bit of the Oscar buzz, and oh, yeah. I just wondered if before we get into things, if you had any like, oh, I've processed this a little bit more, like Oscar thoughts, you know, a week later. I think this might be like the cleanest, best Oscars I can remember seeing. Like mm-hmm. it flowed well. I agreed with pretty much every single one. It's funny. I say I agreed with every single like winner, but this is the worst year I've ever done in our Sposkers poll. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like everyone that I think should have won, won. And not everyone I thought was going to win. So it yeah. was it was nice in that regard. Yeah, I think I kind of uh, stuck with that as well. I was really impressed with the show. Um, I... Mm-hmm. You know, I want I want more, right? Like th- at the end of the day, I I yeah. want you know I I think what I miss the most are the montages. The only montage we had was uh, paid advertisement, and which oh, yeah. which by the way is weird because shouldn't they have to say that's a paid advertisement? Like I don't know, I, I found that whole. <laughs> 
whole thing very strange. That whole Warner Brothers thing, uh, very very strange. Yeah. That, that, that was I, I was like, okay, so it's a hundred years for Warner Brothers. <laughs> Is there anything else special? <laughs> no, <Nope. Or, laughs> no. Nope. Warner okay, was just fine. like, we're gonna give uh, what I read up on it later, and I think it was like. Uh, I'm going to be inaccurate, so look it up yourself. But I remember hearing like 15 million was the cost to have one of those spots, and then Disney bought <laughs> Disney bought one for themselves for Little Mermaid, uh, even though it's yeah. two they're paying themselves. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Warner apparently bought one as well, and apparently they offered them to all the studios. To be fair, so. Um, I, I don't know. I, it was just weird. That was just the the weird part for me. Other than that, I thought like it was really good, and then yeah. I just kind of come away wishing for just a little bit more. And uh, yeah, always leave you wanting more. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Well, we don't have I, to. Uh, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say uh, another fun fact. This is the first year since two thousand seven. That the movie I thought was the best of the year actually won Best Picture. Ooh. All the way back to 2007 with No Country for Old Men. Wow. Yes. That is quite a ways back. I'll yeah. have to do that math for myself sometime. Um, all right. Well, let's get into it. We've got a couple movies to yeah. review. We've got let's a Best it. Ever Challenge to do. And, of course, some Buried Treasure at the end. Let's kick it off by talking a little bit about Creed 3. Hey, my man, can I help you? Let me get an autograph. Nah, I ain't signing the autographs, but you get off my car. You don't remember me, huh? Damien. How long were you locked up? 18 years, bro. Just got out last week. Glad to have you back out, huh? I know I've been away a long time, but I kept myself in shape. I still got gas in the tank. Come by the gym. Thank you. Curious what happened with you two. I didn't tell you. We was like brothers. I was the best, though. But I never got a chance to prove that. After dominating the boxing world, Adonis Creed has been thriving in both his career and family life. When a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy Damian Anderson surfaces after serving a long sentence in prison, he's eager to prove that he deserves his shot in the ring. The face-off between former friends is more than just a fight. To settle the score, Adonis must put his future on the line to battle Damian, a fighter who has nothing to lose. Uh, Mr. Anderson. Um, So, yeah. The Creed movies are back, and there's a third one. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is nowhere in sight. However, uh, of course, you've got Michael B. Jordan coming back as Creed, and you've got Jonathan Major stepping in as Damian Anderson. What did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I liked it. Just straight up the middle liked it. Yeah, this was this was an interesting one for me. I think I'm going to go with high side of just okay. I think it's where okay. I'm going to land, a high side of just okay. I get that. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk, we'll get into a few more details here as we go, but why don't you start us off um, since you are in the liked it camp. Well, what did you like about Creed 3? Um, it, it, it's weird because I wouldn't say that I like this about the movie, but I'm, it, it pulled it off. I was worried how this franchise was going to move forward without Sylvester Stallone, you know? Mm. Like, is, is he going to be like the linchpin that holds this entire franchise together since he started it? Is it going to feel wrong that he's not here? And yeah, it kind of, I noticed he wasn't there, but it's not like I felt like I was missing rocky Mm, you know mm -hmm. because at the same time i think that it's beautiful that 
this movie saying, okay, this is Adonis's story now. You know, moving forward, and uh, we're, we're I, I get the whole mentality of in order to move forward, you have to leave some some of the past behind. Yeah. Um, I don't know if like they're saying that Rocky's never going to come back. You know, but. I will say that from me watching this movie, I think that it succeeded in moving forward without Rocky. It sucks that he's not here, but it's not like the movie's missing him. It's it's good enough as it is. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know that I missed Sylvester Stallone too much. I it's I think it's fine for the uh the, the issues I had with the movie, I don't think relate to not having Sylvester Stallone there. So yeah. I think it's it's good for franchises to be able to evolve. So, yeah, I don't I don't have necessarily an issue um, with Sly not being in the house um, yeah. for this one. Um, yeah. What else? What else did you like? Uh, Michael B. Jordan directorial debut mm-hmm. coming in strong, sure. coming in strong. Some yeah. really good stuff. There's a sequence in here that I thought was very imaginative, imaginative, and uh, very well done. And it's you know the final fight, but there's a sequence in it where they remove the audience and it's just the two of them, and it's very intimate. Yeah. Um, it, it reminded me, um, obviously you because I know you don't watch combat sports or anything, but whenever the pandemic was going like the mm-hmm. UFC had this thing called fight Island and they would have the UFC events, but it would only be the ref and the two oh, I fighters. Hearing pretty about much. This. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very interesting because like I've grown up my entire life watching fights like boxing and MMA and stuff like that. And having that crowd interaction and just that roar has always been like a linchpin of, or not a linchpin, but like a, uh, it's always been there for boxing, you know, like the crowd being involved and stuff. So whenever you remove that, like they did for fight Island, it felt very weird, but also very intimate and personal. And that's kind of what that sequence reminded me mm-hmm. of just, and it fit very well for this story, you know, and you know, the history between the two of them, because yeah, that's what the movie's saying. Like, yeah, it's for the world title, but at the same time, what's going on in this ring right now, it's just between the two of these guys. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked some of those choices. Some of the other choices didn't quite work for me. Um, but I, as you know, as far as a debut directorial performance goes, I think this is good. I'm I'm excited yeah. to see what Michael B. Jordan wants to do outside of like his own stuff. Like you know, this is kind of his franchise. I just I'd love to see him put his imprint on a movie that he's not acting in or mm. not asked to carry in in much of the way um that he's asked to carry this. Um so so yeah, but I thought he did fine. Oh, I don't think he carries this movie. Like I think Jonathan Majors is stellar. In oh, this no, 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 movie. no. You misunderstood. I'm not saying he did carry this movie. I'm saying he is the central character being asked to carry this movie or this franchise even more specifically. Yeah. So oh, like moving forward. Oh, okay. It's yeah. his name in the title is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. So now I understand what you're saying. So yeah. So in the in the future, I'd love to I'd love to see him direct something where his character's name isn't the title of the movie. That's you know sure. That's that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, just okay. see kind of how that goes. Um, yeah. I think uh, the the movie is hard for me to say I liked, but there are some moments in this movie 
that I was entertained by or captivated by. Um, I think the boxing scenes in particular are shot very well, are uh, very, um, there's a lot of momentum to them. They're very entertaining. Um, and there's a real uh, energy when that is happening. When that's not happening, that's when all the stuff I, I'm not digging kind of bubbles to the surface. But during the boxing scenes, I'm like, okay, I get what we're doing here. And this this feels, um, you know, really energetic. Mm, yeah. Uh, what about uh, you? Get any pros- positives besides that? That was pro- the primary one was uh, the, uh, you know, the boxing scenes. And, in, in, in of course, Jonathan Majors, who is astounding in this movie and is just like marches his month, apparently, where he... Yeah, seriously. Shows up in in steals um movies. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh and it really a similar feel to how I talked about his performance in Quantumania. It's just, you know, it's so good, but it's it almost feels like a shame that it's so good because the movie could have been so much better in my opinion. Um so yeah, but I think he's he's spectacular. Yeah. Um, it's not to say this movie is not without its issues because there was a couple things in this. I'm like, okay, you clearly are undermining things that happened in previous movies for cameo sake. Um, I, I hate to get into it's not spoilerish, but it kind of is. I'll just say Victor Drago shows back up in this movie, mm-hmm. and the way he's utilized felt very like so. Are we just supposed to forget that second Creed movie ever happened? Because, like, the animosity between the two of them ran deeper than just the fight. Mm -hmm. That's personal family, you know, trauma is what that is. Yeah. No, Uh, I I, I do agree with that. Um, I don't know that it stood out to me too much, but I do agree with uh, the point now that you're making it um, in that way. I think, uh, but my oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go for it. I was gonna say my biggest issue with the movie actually uh, is centered around the Amara Creed, his daughter, mm-hmm. um, and not her performance because I think she's amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Please don't get me wrong. It's that they set up something, but they never committed to it, and that's um, how his daughter is like, you know, getting in fights and stuff like that. And I thought that this movie was gonna be all about when to fight, what to fight for, you know, and all that stuff. And it was going to be like an actual interesting life lesson for his daughter, but also for him as well. But they they kind of threw that at the wayside in lieu of the uh, Damian Anderson uh, character and that story arc. And I'm like, well, if you started something, you know, finish it. I think sometimes movie, I, I totally agree. It was one of my biggest negatives of the movie was how undercooked that whole thing is. Yeah. And and I think movies sometimes feel like, and maybe they're right. And maybe, maybe if you're in a different mood or a different perspective on the movie, maybe those scenes hit okay. But I think movies many times feel like, oh, it doesn't have to be about this. This can just be a, a little thing that happens, right? Like a little thing that... Uh, um, that is in the um, in the movie itself, and not really uh, something to to be build the movie around. It just you know, it's just this fun little scene. But the way it sets up some that uh, one scene specifically that I'm thinking of, of with the daughter, it just feels like that's supposed to be the underlying 
push, yes. right? And yeah. It just it never gets there. No. Actually, everything in this movie that wasn't centered around Damien and Adonis felt uh, like it was a... Uh, uh, just secondhand, didn't care about it. That's not really what it's filler. Everything else besides right. the Damien Adonis stuff just felt like filler. And and like, no, you are missing out on some just key, like potentially magical moments and important moments. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's frustrating in that regard. Of uh, Felicia Rashad, who plays a uh, Marianne Creed, she's been great in the last several movies. I think she just steps it up even more in this one. Um uh, so does Tessa Thompson. Uh, the, I, it, it had not since the first Creed movie. The chemistry between Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson is just like magic. It's just on screen, yeah, brilliance. I love it. Yeah, it's they're really so good together. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, some more of my issues. Uh, I think I'm going to very quickly just say one that I think everybody knows, which is it's hard for me to connect to machismo. Like, it's hard for me to connect to this idea of I'm going to beat you up for my family. You know, like, that's just that's something that's hard for me to lock into. So mm. the movie is starting from a little bit of a, a, a handicap when it's dealing with me watching a, a boxing movie or a war movie, or whatever it might be, um, there, there are just some things I'm not going to connect to uh, about that, about you know violence being the answer in uh, any way, shape, or form. Um, but uh, the the main issue with this movie, as I as I continue to work my way through it, is just that it doesn't make any sense, and I hate for that to be the main thing. But there is so much that happens so fast in this movie because the movie needs it to that just breaks, in my mind, all of my ability to say this is reality. Like, I can live in this reality. Um, you know, the fact that that Damian Anderson gets a title fight is ridiculous to me. Ridiculous. Oh, yeah. ridiculous. What's the first Rocky movie? What's the first? What do you mean? That's literally the first Rocky movie. Is what Rocky? Damien. Okay, Damien Anderson. Rocky was in prison nobody. and had a best friend, and and that best friend got him a title fight. No, but he was a nobody who got a title fight well, on his very nobody first major a, fight. I'm not saying a nobody can't get a title fight. I'm just saying the way it's done in this movie seems silly to me. Um, and then there's 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 more than just that too. There's the element that I think we're supposed to come to the end of this movie and believe that that both men have learned something and that both men are, you know, better. And I'm sitting here going, there is information that one of these men has that is character defining information that they choose to not say anything about. And like there's I just the way it all happens, the uh, I'll just say the uh, um, Olympic skaterness of it all is <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's safe to say is no, it's, just, yeah. it's ridiculous to me a that nobody would would in, like see that as a possibility and b when they know that that's what happened wouldn't do anything about it. like I, it's just you don't have to go fight him. <laughs> yeah you know what i mean i don't know no, so yeah. just stuff like yeah. that was 
there was enough of that during the movie that I just was like, okay, I get it. We're making a movie here. You've got, you know, progression plot points you need to get to, to get to this, you know, big battle you want to have or whatever. Um, but yeah, it just, it, that part, that stuff didn't work for me. So yeah, that's my main, my main Hun- issue with Creed three. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Ah, any final thoughts on Creed three? No post credit scene. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, do you think we'll see a Creed four? Yeah. Yeah. I think this, uh, franchise is going to continue to go forever. I think after they're done with Creed, we're going to go back in time to like the origins of Mickey and stuff like that. Like back in the forties and stuff like, a have a depression era Mickey yeah. show after we're done with Creed. Yeah. All right. Well, that is Creed three. Uh, let's move on to another sequel. Let's talk about scream. Six. 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 <laughs> I have it written incorrectly. The M they did like they put the six in the M and I'm like, oh, it's the first part of the M. No, it's the second part of the M. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, scream six. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Hello. Let's play a game. You know you're like the 10th guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gail. Following the latest ghost face killings, the four survivors lead Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. Uh, the sixth movie in the Scream franchise. Uh, what did you think, Andrew? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Didn't see it. You didn't see it. That is correct. This one is all yeah. on me. Now, you haven't... Have you watched any of the others? I saw the first Scream not too long ago, but I barely remember anything about it. Okay. I think it ended with there were actually two ghost faces at the very end. And it, it, I, I understand, like, the, the Scream franchise is kind of like a meta-commentary on the tropes of right. horror films and right. stuff like that. And that in some of them, like the meta-ness got way out of control and out there. But from what I understand, like the last one, Scream 5, was from what I gather, a like a return to uh uh like a formula. Like everybody's like, oh Screams is Scream is back now. Scream 5 is great. Mm-hmm. So Aaron, Scream 6, did you like it? Love it, hate it. Or it was just okay. Uh, you forgot dislike it, but that is not Did my you? answer. Uh, my answer is high side of liked it. Um, Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I had a really good time with this. I think it's the best screen movie since the first one, and there there are many reasons for that. Uh, let me just state uh, right at the beginning that if you're gonna come at me with like some of the same kinds of things I came at you with on Creed (laughs) three. Like if someone wants to come at me and go, I was out because this doesn't seem realistic. I don't understand how the plot would go from here to here. This motivation doesn't make sense. Blah, blah, blah. Let me just mea culpa. I agree. I like, I totally understand the difference with a movie like this is that I think that heightened reality of what this movie series slash franchise is trying to be kind of allows for a little bit more ridiculousness uh, mm. in in the viewing process. And so I'm able to be able to give myself to a movie like this a little bit more 
because it's playing on that meta foundation. It doesn't really want to be taken seriously necessarily every step of the way. It wants to be a good slasher, but more importantly, it wants to be a good commentary on slashers. Uh, And I think it's actually both. I think this one is actually both. Um, It's great to have Melissa uh, Barrera and Jenna Ortega back as the sisters. I like their relationship. I think that as the heartbeat of kind of this new reboot, requel, whatever you want to call it, is good. Um, There are some cameos that I don't necessarily want to give away. uh, But I I appreciated them. I like them. They're cameos from the other Scream movies. There are cameos from other horror movies in a similar way to Drew Barrymore in the first um, is the first kill as like a star. They've they've kind of continued that. And the first kill in this movie is also somebody who I've uh, really enjoyed in some recent horror films. Uh, so I appreciate oh, that. Oh, is it a blonde girl? Uh, yes. Usually. I have a feeling. Ish. Does she look like a very famous, other fa- very <laughs> yes, famous actress? I think you know who it is. Yeah, okay. I've given it away to some people, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, you know, we're talking about, we, and by the way, we know we're a little bit late on both of these movies. We're catching up after Oscar uh, weekend and uh, Sif Swift a couple weeks ago. Uh, and by the way, we'll get to Shazam next week. Like, yeah, we, we are... We are kind of uh, catching Plain up on this up. stuff, but um, so maybe many people already know this, but it's it's just interesting in a movie like this, how it can continue to have the same quote unquote formula, but find little nuances. I think there's something that happens right after the very first kill in this movie that is kind of a gasp moment where the audience goes, oh, and literally everybody in the theater, like many people in the theater audibly gasped uh mm. when it happened because it's just something Ghostface is like we've never seen Ghostface do now there's a reason for that and the movie goes some interesting places from that but it's uh it, i'm just i'm always impressed by the ability for this of this franchise to reinvent new ways to play with the format and uh this movie does it really well plus i i like our core four here i like this crew Maybe a little bit too much. The movie, the, you know, this requel series has maybe set them up a little bit too much because, you know, uh, we will all revolt if one of them dies. Uh, so, and that's not spoiling anything for this movie. I just mean going into this movie. You know, it's hard It's hard to, um, you know, set that up in that way. And, but, you know, the movie has permission to do it. It's killed off favorite characters before and it can certainly do it again and honestly a movie like this can bring them back it can figure something out if it wanted to um so yeah i i found this really fun really interesting in a great uh continued meta commentary on the slasher genre a genre i'm not necessarily a fan of it's interesting scream was really the first slasher movie i watched and went oh i could get into this because i i it's it's you know it's undercutting itself in many ways. It's yeah. uh, it doesn't take itself so seriously because the thing about slasher movies that you know I've always said is a I'm not attracted to the violence. I don't you know the gore, the kills. That's never the thing for me, right? Yeah. If I want tension, I can get that from non-slasher films. There are great tense Hitchcock films or other films that aren't slasher films where I don't have to put up with the gore and the violence. And I don't like being scared. It's not like one of my favorite emotions. Like I don't enjoy being scared. So it's weird. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so this yeah. so this movie I can go into and go, I don't I don't have to feel like I hate the movie because I'm not scared. Like the movie isn't 
it's trying to quote unquote scare me, but it's also trying to make me laugh. And so yeah. I can connect to the laughing part uh, more than I connect to the scared part. Um, you don't feel so excluded. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm a part. I feel like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not these movies. Well, sometimes they do, but this one doesn't ever feel like it's trying to be smarter than the audience. It feels like it's just trying to give the audience a good time. Mm. And I never felt as an audience member, oh, I'm way ahead of this movie. Um, in in these movies, you are going to be ahead of the movie, but only because every single possibility is realistic, right? You like if your brain is functioning on the level of who's the killer, what's the motivation, what's the scenario, you're gonna uh-huh. figure it out because it's gonna be one of twenty five different possible <laughs> scenarios that you could figure out, you know. Sure. Um, so, and it's kind of similar to a murder mystery in that way. It's, you know, slashers kind of have a, a murder mystery. Well, Agatha Christiness. Yeah. Through. Element to them, um, in that way. And I mean, slashers technically are literally murder mysteries. That's, you know, kind yeah. of what they are. They're multiple murder mysteries. They're serial killer mysteries. Um, that doesn't <laughs> flow off the tongue quite as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I had a good time. I enjoyed scream six. Uh, Andrew, do you have any questions for me? Uh, not really. I know that's uh, that's not what people want to hear, but, you know, like, A, it's a franchise I'm not familiar with, and B, it's a genre, even though I know I'm <laughs> I'm not saying I wasn't listening to a word you were saying. It's like, still, <laughs> though, still, though, it belongs in the horror franchise, and that's just something that I just have a difficulty just allowing myself to, you know, jump into because it's not my genre like you. Yeah. Yeah, it's but, uh, it's definitely one of those that you kind of have to um, find your entry in, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, for, like, I guess the closest I could get, I appreciate horror films that are like like really a commentary on something else, like a uh, It Follows or The Babadook or something like that, like a yes. horror film that is actually saying something or is a metaphor for something else that's the kind of stuff that i really appreciate but like or it could be something meta like a cabin in the woods you know Mm -hmm. which i i i I kind of gather is a little closer to what scream is like as opposed to like something like blair witch project or any of those like friday the 13th or any of those other movies that definitely definitely more commentary on yeah cabin in the woods kind of feel yeah, some, there are some differences between those two movies, but there, but definitely some similarities as well. So, yeah. okay, here's a question for you. Sure. I know, like, uh, this is the sixth screen movie, and that this really ties into was it last year or two years ago that the Screen Five came out? It was but, last uh, year. That's another thing. This movie came out right away. Yeah. Can I go from watching just the first one into the fifth and sixth one, or do I need to watch every single one? I think it's rewarding to watch them all, but I think you can jump to five. I think you can. I wouldn't jump okay. to six, but I think you can jump to five. Yeah, because you said that like the Jenna Ortega character stuff, like they're all introduced in the fifth one, right? Mm-hmm. So like yes. there is a, a bit of story building. You will. It, it will be much more rewarding if you've seen the other ones, just because, especially this one, really plays with the history of the Woodsboro murders in a complete way. Yeah. But this doesn't take place in Woodsboro, does it? No, this is in New York City. And, you know, one of my complaints, and I I guess I didn't mention any negatives necessarily, but one of my complaints is I don't know that the movie ever really takes advantage of being in New York City. 
Like it doesn't, mm. I mean, I guess there's a subway set piece, but other than that, I, it, you know, it feels like it could have happened in Woods, Woodsboro. Like in, and that's, I think that's a mistake. Like if you're going to set it in New York city, make something specifically about it that, you know, works for that area. Yeah. But how many horror films have you seen that trope go down? Like, uh, uh, Freddy Krueger in Vegas or Freddy Krueger, you Literally know, on the Jason, moon in space. Jason in Manhattan, in space. right? <laughs> yeah, Jason in Manhattan, you know. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, where can we put him now? But from what you're saying, it sounds like if the story could have been told anywhere, then maybe uh, it's not trying to be a ca- like a cash dr- grab for like a, a, a ghost mm. face in New York or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I don't necessarily have a t- uh, anything else to say um, about Scream Six. Any uh, post-credit scenes? You know what? Uh, it's it's I've completely it's not your thing. It's not it's my not thing. thing. So <laughs> I don't remember if there's a post-credit scene or not. Uh, I do not believe there is, but I could be wrong about that. It wouldn't surprise me uh, in a movie like this if there was. But um, mm, but yeah, yeah, I liked it. Uh, I liked it even more than I liked Five, and I liked Five quite a bit. Um, so yeah, my, my order right now for the scream movies is probably one, six, five, two, four, three. That's probably my order. So, so wow. Go. I'm not gonna, I'm not saying I didn't like the first one. It's just, I, it, it didn't stick with me. So that's yeah. my only thing. Yeah. Wasn't memorable. Uh, all right. Before we head on to our best ever challenge, uh, want to thank our amazing Sif Pop members. Thank you for being a member of Sif Pop. Thank you for supporting what goes on. Um, it's uh, really cool what's going on at the website. In fact, we just launched a contributors page. If you want to see all the people who contribute articles, those kind of things, uh, you can check those out. Sifpop.com. Uh, and we can do that because of you, because of your support uh, at Patreon, patreon.com slash SIFPOP. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for considering it. Thank you for heading over there and even just taking a look. Uh, it really means the world to us. That is patreon.com slash SIFPOP. Support starts at $3 a month. And you can check out all the information there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's move into our best ever challenge. Best ever Roman numeral movies, Andrew. Uh, We will go number five to number one. These are the best ever movies that have Roman numerals in the title. And there are many. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, honestly, I struggled. Because I did the thing where I only took one from each franchise. Yeah, I did that too. I did that too. Um Oh, and by the way, speaking of uh, for the patrons and the website and everything, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's a a pretty fun article that I got a few ideas from where somebody was taking the best ever challenge for uh, Roman numerals and a title. So I got a few picks from the website. That's right. We're recording this after the article comes out on the website this time. So yeah, it's weird. Can use our our own website uh, for information. All yeah. right, what do you got, uh, Andrew, for your number five? Uh, number five, I have Evil Dead 2. 
That's a good choice. A yeah, good choice. talk I, about it. Yeah, it, it's uh, Sam Raimi. It's great old Bruce Campbell, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead. I mean, it's got great music. Uh, speaking of like violence and gore, I can understand how this is off-putting to some people, but I think it's so cartoonish and like out so out there and non-realistic that I don't find it as like vulgar or brutal or disgusting as I would like a saw film or something like that. I think these are meant more to be funny than scary. And I think that the evil deaths are just a fun franchise. Are you Bruce excited about the, the new one? Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I always, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, pe- uh, what optimistically like a pest or a, I'm skeptical, but optimistic. So, I'm pessim- not possimi- pessimistic. <laughs> that, that's the joke. Yeah, I'm pessimistic. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, my number five. Uh, this is where I have Frozen Two. Um, okay. I enjoyed Frozen Two quite a bit. Uh, it, it's one of those movies that maybe doesn't quite reach up to the the peak of the the first one but gets really really close and i have a good time with it and enjoy it quite a bit so um frozen 2 and it's got some really good songs in it too and, and nothing's ever going to match the the songs of of uh the first frozen and how much they took over the world uh but frozen 2 has some good ones so that's my number five i disagree with everything you just said <laughs> I think Frozen 2 is better than the first Frozen. I think the songs in Frozen 2 are better than the first Frozen songs. Nice. I like everything about Frozen 2 more well, than I'm surprised the I didn't get trumped then. I know, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right, all my right. number four. What do you got at your number four? A Quiet Place, part two. Yeah, um, I have that in my, it's like my first honorable mention. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not as good as the first Quiet Place. I think that the first quiet place was a great commentary on you know uh family dynamics you know what it means to protect your family and stuff like that like being a parent or uh you know uh, the loss of a child and you know what that can do to a family uh quiet place 2 didn't wrestle with as many you know big like a uh, life altering struggles other than survival uh but it was still fascinating and i enjoyed going back to day one when Mm -hmm. everything you know happened uh so yeah there's a lot to love or at least really like about quiet place part two i agree and like i said would have been my first honorable mention uh my number number four my number four is probably much lower than most people would have it and you might trump it but i have the godfather part two at number four first honorable mention oh that's right I, i i always forget that neither one of us like are like Godfather is the best movie ever kind of people. Um, I saw the Godfather part two once when I was very young. I don't remember a thing about it. <laughs> it sounds like it's time for a rewatch. Probably, but it's like nine hours long. Who has that kind of time? Yeah. Yeah. And then if you, but if you put the Lord of the Rings in front of me, I'm all in. Let's, let's go. Nine oh, hours. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Godfather part two is often in the conversation of best sequels ever made. Um, I wouldn't put it necessarily there myself, but I do think it is an amazing film and an amazing follow-up to an amazing film. So, uh, worth a number four. What is your number three? Real quick. We had an aside, uh, 
a month or so ago where one of us asked, has an actor ever won like an Oscar for playing the same character as somebody else who won an Oscar for that character? Right. Because we were talking about Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger. Right. Um, both winning for the Joker. The only other character is Don Corleone, who the first time was Marlon Brando, and then the second time was Robert De Niro mm-hmm. for the same character. So it's only happened twice. Yeah. I want I wanted people to know we follow up on all this stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> there we go. But my number three. Yes. Rocky two. Oh, good choice. Good choice. Is that your favorite yeah. Rocky movie? Or at least your second favorite? <clears throat> yeah, second favorite, yeah. yeah. I love the first Rocky and then uh Rocky two and then Creed. Yeah. Uh Rocky Two, um, I think is a very, very underrated sequel. Um, I think that it really nearly lives up to the first one um, because like the first one, it does something that you don't see in boxing movies is it's not a boxing movie. That's what the biggest uh, uh, thing I'm I'm worried about the Creed franchise is that it's going to lean too much into boxing. Whenever you, when it, when in reality, when you think of the Rocky franchise, it was a love story that had boxing in it. Mm-hmm. It was all about Adrian and Rocky. Right. And the the highs to lows that the uh, the Balboas go on in Rocky 2 like after that first Apollo Creed fight. It's it's devastating and it just makes you root for him even that much more and you're so excited that uh last little bit whenever he finally wins the yeah. belt. Yeah. Rocky 2. Good choice. Uh, let's see. My number three is a Roman numeral franchise. It is the Star Trek franchise, and I have Wrath of Khan at number three. Khan! Yeah, I thought you were going to say Trump. Uh, no. th- maybe that should be the new Trump. Khan! Khan! <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, my fa- this is my favorite Star Trek movie. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of it has to uh, do with Ricardo Montalban. And uh, that performance is so captivating. Even as a kid, I just remember thinking this movie is so enthralling. The little earbugs have stuck with me for oh, life. Oh, yeah. So To this day. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We, uh, uh, nope. Okay. So that was your number That's three? my number three. So I think we're on to your number two. Yeah. As far as Star Trek goes, I, I honestly think that the new one with Chris Pine, the first one, uh, I think that might be my favorite Star Trek movie now. It's it's really so good. good. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. But I but a close second would be Rathacon. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. My number two, um, you might use your uh your veto for this one. Oh, interesting. Yeah. V for vendetta. Yeah. Does the V for, does the V mean five for vendetta? It was he's the man from room five. Okay. Then I'll count it. That's fine. Okay. If there literally is a double meaning with yes. that V in the title, then I will count it. That's fine. Yes. He is the man from room five. Um that's where the V comes from. Um I thought yeah. it came from Vendetta because <laughs> it literally says V for yeah. Vendetta. I don't know yeah. how I came to that conclusion, but five for Vendetta. There were five for the Vendetta. Five people who wanted Vendettas. Uh, wait a minute. Hold up. 
Does he kill five people in that movie? It doesn't. I've already I've already granted it to you. Tell me tell me how no. much you love you for no Vendetta. no my, my I really do. It is in my top like thirty movies of all time. Uh, I think the Hugo Weaving he does something spectacular and it's something that I, I see uh, it, that could be so easily easily to mess up and that is performing without ever showing your face, doing a full vocal performance in a live action film and selling it behind a mask. Yeah. Um, it's he's so good. He's so charismatic and charming. Natalie Portman's amazing. It's the Wachowskis, even though they didn't direct it, but they were so heavily involved in it. Uh, it's such a brilliant, beautiful movie. It makes me cry every time. Nice. That's my number two. There you go. V for Vendetta. Uh, my number two is from the Rocky franchise. I have Rocky four. Uh, yeah. In my- That's my th- uh, after Creed is one I love the most. Yeah, it is. Uh, Rocky Four is my favorite uh, Rocky movie, probably even more than the first one, just because of the nostalgia. It's just nostalgia. Yeah. It's just growing up in the eighties and watching Rocky Four and America versus Russia and all that stuff. And yeah. Rocky is a better movie, but Rocky Four I think might be my favorite. Uh, but it comes in at number two for me. I will break you. Uh, the fi- I think it's the best fight in the Rocky series, in my opinion. Um, mm. Just I just think the stakes are so ridiculous and so over the top. Um, which is a different movie starring Sylvester Stallone. But uh, but yes, I really enjoy Rocky Four. That yeah. is my number two. Uh, I think we're ready for our number ones. What do yeah. you got? Empire. Me too. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars V. The Empire yeah. Strikes Back. Yeah, that's that's my other uh, Star Wars V for Vendetta, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Surprise! <laughs> Was anybody really surprised? I actually just rewatched this the other day. I'm. Uh, it's it's funny how I'm always finding myself rewatching movies the week before. Like it, I know it's going to be on a best ever challenge. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, supernatural, no Shardamus like of me. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it's very well done. Very well done. Uh, let's talk honorable mentions. What do you got in your uh, your honorable mentions? You said you really didn't have a bunch, so do you no, have honestly, any? Honestly, the only one I had was Godfather Part Two, And then every other Star Wars or Rocky or Star Trek or mm. Evil Dead. Any, yeah, there's like, I didn't, I like you, I made sure to choose only one from each franchise. So Yeah, yeah, same for me. I uh, I had Men in Black 2, um, I think is a good film. Wanted to mention that one. Um, Back to the Future Part 3, I really enjoy uh, quite a bit. Does Back um, to the Future 2 not have Roman numerals? It does, but I like 3 better. Okay. No, it was just like everybody else had Roman... Because I, whenever I was looking it up, the only one that came up was 3. So I didn't know if 2 was an actual mm, numeric. Maybe not. I don't know. I thought I did. Uh, I recently saw Beverly Hills Cop 2 which has uh, the Roman numeral two in it. And uh, it's a different movie from the first one. It is a very different movie from the first one. And I don't know that I don't, it's weird. I put it in here just because I just recently watched it and Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of processing it. But honestly, I'm not sure I like it. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, it's just like somebody turned Eddie Murphy up to 20, you know, and was like, you know, go for it. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, And then Henry the fifth. Uh, I wanted to mention. Uh, oh, Kenneth well. Branagh. I need yeah. to see that. I need to see that. Yep. Henry V has the V. Henry V, as it were. 
uh, comes in my honorable mentions. Well, I think it's time for the buried treasure. What do you yeah. got? Um, I'm going to go with something I'm not recommending because you've opened up this new uh, gateway for me. I thought we were only supposed to have buried treasures be uh, things we loved, but then <laughs> you showed me the other day. So now I'm going to tell you guys to stay away from the new Netflix show Outlast. Oh, why is why is it terrible? Oh my gosh. I thought it was going to be like alone, you know, like it was going to be like mm-hmm. survival in Alaska. It's the, this is such a terrible, horrible, honestly, uh, painfully, obviously scripted reality TV. Oh, those are the worst. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's alone except it's teams and the teams aren't made up of, uh, survivalist experts and stuff like that. There's like a, one of them could be a survivalist and then an interior decorator or a, mm-hmm. uh, a bartender or something like it's like one person who has those skills and then another person who is nothing like that at all. So it's so frustrating. So I will recommend you all check out alone, but stay yes. away from outlast. See, that's alone how you is do, a great show. That's how you do a negative buried treasure. What you do is you turn it on its head you say, this thing is terrible, but here's the buried treasure. Go see yeah. alone. Uh, and I totally agree with that, by the way, alone is an amazing show. Yeah, really enjoy watching it. Um, I what you got? I checked out uh, recently History of the World Part Two. Um, Is it all out? Uh, no, but I'm okay. through. You know, the first four episodes or whatever. Oh, I think they released yeah. two a day for most of last week, so it may all be out now. Actually, I just haven't necessarily caught up on all of it. Gotcha. Um, it's really funny. It's it's very much Mel Brooks. By the way, almost a centurion. A centurion. Centen- centenarian centennial <laughs> centenarian centennial centenarian i think it's centenarian whatever he's almost 100 years old yeah. uh and uh still having a role in this he's not necessarily acting in the ones that i've seen he is however kind of introducing and making jokes and uh it's it's fun to see i also recently saw dick van dyke on the mask singer He's 97. Uh, what is he doing dressed up as a giant? Was he a troll or a gnome? He was a gnome. A gnome. Uh, it was yeah. the best. It made me so happy. That guy makes was me so happy. 97 years old. What was he doing under there? Oh, if only. If I yes. make it if I make it to 97, I will see the 70s. I will see the 70s again. Um that'll be fun. Uh anyways, uh, and this time, and is what's funny is in neither time I'll I'll, I'll probably have much memory of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I am with like the mid eighties. I'm like I don't remember a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So um, so yeah. So the show itself is really funny. The sketches are funny. Lots of hilarious people in this. But mm. you have to know the humor is not going to be dialed into the frequency most humor is these days. It's a different frequency of humor. It's very much the Mel Brooks, you know, Blazing Saddles, that kind of stuff. Young Frankenstein. Good. Like, yeah, like it's it's different. It's closer to Weird Al than it is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a modern... Like a um, Seth Rogen movie yeah, or something exactly. like that. Yeah, yeah. so just, just be aware. It might strike you as a little bit overt and cheesy and strange, and, but, man, if you give yourself to it, it's some of the concepts are really, really funny. So, that just sounds so exciting for me because yeah. I wanted it. I was afraid that they were going to try and, like, 
oh yeah, we're, it's Mel Gibb or Mel Brooks property, but mm-hmm. we're going to bring it to the modern audience with the modern comedy. And I was like, no, it, it, the only way it would work is if you did it like Mel did it. And if mm-hmm. he's going to be doing the show. Yep. You don't tell him. Mel Brooks has got to be like one of three people in all of Hollywood who, if they ask you to be in something, <laughs> you're legally obligated to say yes. Yes. Like him, Clint Eastwood, and Spielberg. Like if if any of those three guys ask you if you want to pee in something, you legally have to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I'd recommend it. Check it out. I mean, you'll know by the end of the first episode. I, I don't think... This isn't one of those where I will tell you, hey, stick with it. It gets like you'll you'll fall in love with it by the third one. Like mm. if you don't like the first episode, just move on. Move on with your day. Like it, it maybe that that frequency of humor just isn't going to work for you. And that's fine. Um, for me, I laughed a lot. So that's History of the World. Part two, that is on Hulu and Alone is on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> ne- yeah, Alone is. Outlast is on Netflix. Stay away. Stay away. Is the first uh, is the first uh, uh, History of the World on Netflix as well? Or, I mean, Hulu? Uh, oh, good question. I don't know. I, I honestly if it don't is, know. If it is, I'd probably like to watch it before getting into Yeah, if you've series. never seen History of the World Part oh, 1. It's just been forever. Yeah. But, yeah. You should see it. And that's what's hilarious about History of the World Part 1 is it was called History of the World Part 1, and there was never intended yeah. to be a Part 2. Yeah. Um, and now there is. Well, we did it, Andrew. We Woo! managed to do a podcast. Yeah, uh, it did. Congratulations. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It's part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more uh, about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Uh, much love to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly oh. to make Sif Pop a real thing. I really appreciate you. Support starts at three bucks a month. Check out all the details at patreon.com slash siftpop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with the podcast. So leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. You can always email us if you like. That's feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than not letting Jonathan Major steal a movie out from under you. We will be back next week with Shazam 2 and 65. And we will see you then. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.